This is Saturday, May 21st, and yesterday we spent a little time trying to untangle the economic realities of cities like our own. Today we're also going to think about great cities. We call them global cities. Now, there are many different kinds of cities. There are cultural cities, places where the arts develop and flourish. Then there are commercial cities, places where businesses thrive and where commerce grows. And then there are political cities, places where government is seated and places that exert authority over nations or regions. When cities have all three characteristics, we call them a world-class city or a global city. And this is what Miami has become in the last few decades. Miami is cosmopolitan. That word is derived from the word cosmos, which is a term we use to talk about our universe. It is the arranged order of our world. So think about cities that fit this definition. There are cities like London or Johannesburg, Shanghai or Buenos Aires, Istanbul or Melbourne. Each of these cities, while each is global and cosmopolitan, has different characteristics unique to them. Now today we begin to look at another global city, the one we looked at this past Sunday, the city of Athens during the time of the apostles. Here's our scripture from the book of Acts, Acts chapter 17, verse 16 to 21. Now while Paul was waiting for them at Athens, his spirit was provoked within him as he saw that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout persons, and in the marketplace every day with those who happened to be there. Some of the Epicurean and Stoic philosophers also conversed with him. And some said, What does this babbler wish to say? Others said, He seems to be a preacher of foreign divinities, because he was preaching Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting? For you bring some strange things to our ears. We wish to know, therefore, what these things mean. Now all the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there would spend their time in nothing except telling or hearing something new. Now what scripture tells us is that after Paul left a city called Berea, he needed a place to stop over so that his teammates could catch up with him, and Athens was the place. The great city was the center of a revolution that had swept the world a few hundred years before. Actually, from the death of Alexander the Great in 323 BC until the Romans annexed Greece almost 200 years later, Athens stood at the pinnacle of life and culture. Their philosophy came to be developed as a discipline. The arts took an immense step forward. Modern ideas of government and legislation were developed. We've heard of Plato, Aristotle, Socrates. These were products of this movement that continues to shape the world to this day. And this is where Paul ended up. He was there among the intelligent class. Here we get an idea of what Athens was like. Ideas and knowledge were king there. People were in search of the latest concepts and theories. Just like Boston has become a center of academic training in the United States, 
Athens was the place for thinkers. And because the Athenians had not heard about Jesus and the teaching of Paul, they wanted to hear what he had to say. They invited him to the place where, day in and day out, they held debates, and they talked about everything, the newest philosophies that had come, were coming down the pike. Now, as we read about Athens, we might ask, how would Paul describe our city if he had a few days to walk around and size things up here in Miami? What would he see driving our city and the lives that we live? And then how would he declare the gospel to a city like ours? What do we spend our time doing here? Now, first in the United States, most of our great cities are commercial centers. People devote an inordinate amount of time to their careers. Why do we do this? First, the cost of living is very high here, but really everything seems to be about money. And so how, how is a culture driven that, that focuses its attention on money? Let me explain how it works. We are told that when manufacturing first came to Malaysia, people left their rural communities out in the jungle in search of jobs where they could earn money. And these people needed money to buy essentials for their families back home. But when they earned more money than they'd ever seen before, well, they'd just walk away from those jobs and they'd head back home, back to the country. So the manufacturers had a huge problem. How could they keep the workforce in place working? How could they keep them from going back into the jungle? And here's one of the most successful things that they did. They gave out copies of catalogs to their workers. Catalogs of all the things they could buy if they just had some more money. And seeing what they could buy, well, they would want to earn more money. And they would stay on the job. And much of American white life works just like this. We have paraded before us an almost endless catalog of things we can buy. Things we've been taught to want. Things we are willing to work a bit harder, a little bit longer to acquire. So we're not being tra trained to be content with what we have, but to desire more and more. And in many ways, this is the driver of the city of Miami. Miami is also a place of appearances. Think about it. Would we rather be, or would we rather appear to be? Or let's make it with more application. Would we rather appear to be rich and successful? Or would we rather do all of the work and go through the struggle to actually get there? You see, in Miami, appearances have come to mean almost everything. In many places in the world, people are inconspicuous about their wealth. They don't want others to know about it. But here, more often than not, it is out there in front for everyone to see our wealth and success. You see, this is a city where eyes dominate. Not a city in Athens, like Athens, where actually the ears dominated. Now we think about this so that we can think about what it means to love our city. What it means to live here. And so that we don't get caught in the riptide sweeping through the city and give our hearts to way, away to that which is not God. We want to learn how to serve here and how to bring the gospel here. Now, as we're going through the rest of the weekend, ask God to show you how he is at work here in the city 
and also those characteristics that are the nature of our city, the city of Miami, where we live. Let's pray. Open our eyes, Lord, to the needs of this great city so that we might know what it means to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. Show us your presence here, Lord, and remind us of Jesus and what he has done to redeem our city. In, the name, in your name we pray, amen.